They said that they traveled 25 light years in 15 minutes. So that means that we had an assembled, cohesive crew for approximately 26 (laughs) minutes. Captain's Pod, Stardate 2032022.4. Hello and welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise and thank you for joining us as we take a brief short leave from the world of cinema scenes to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington and with me as always is the Positronic Ambassador, Danae Hughes! Positronic! No, that, that, was, that was Pentatonic. I said Positronic. Yeah, I know, I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's something that ha- like uh, being called positronic instantly made me feel uh-huh. as though i was one of those superheroes that suddenly oh 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 kind of like um captain marvel all of a sudden i got positronic uh-huh. or something i started glowing in my mind and i was floating oh man and like she goes positronic yeah when she turns her powers mm-hmm. on that's amazing um so you no know, positronic is actually the description of data's brain Thank so you. he has a positronic neural network mm. but i like your description better well, you know when you have really amazing thoughts, I suppose it does feel visually incredible like that. <laughs> like that's how she found her powers. Just I like had a great idea and it. Whoa! whoa shit! I'm zapping! I'm zapping shit. <laughs> We've already made a better Captain Marvel film. Oh no! No, we have. Okay, we have a big couple of episodes ahead for you as we do the finale of Captain Picard's show. Yes, so the finale is going to be all on their little, like, because they're going to the the home world. So it looks like our finale is happening on home world. Mm -hmm. What is the dog doing? Just (sighs) a momentary podcast interruption for a puppy. So... He is trying to get in my lap, and because I'm on a rolly chair on a hardwood floor, he keeps pushing me away from the microphone like, we're not doing the show. <laughs> nope. It's not time to watch Star Trek. It's time to give me love, Mom. We need to deal with the snow situation. Dude, I can't do anything about the snow. Wait, hold on a second. I'm positronic. Just give me a moment. I'm sure I can come up with something. You're positronic that there's no way you can deal with it. Wow. Wow, okay. Ian. With that, we will see you guys for a full debrief in 10 forward after we have watched episode 9, Et in Arcadia, Ego, part 1. What? what? Well, yes, computer, two to beam to Capellius. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. What is your beverage of choice as I see you pour <laughs> coffee all over your computer equipment? I did not. I mean, You held the mug over your keyboard and then no. decided to pour the coffee. No, no, didn't actually no? do that. No, it's uh, my keyboard's over here and okay. I'm back here. But thank you for your okay. concern, Captain. My... <laughs> my beverage of choice is Vita Coco coconut water peach and mango drink also um nice a, a honey blend of coffee from like a artisanal coffee place that uh some of my twitch friends they have like um a, a sponsor so I bought a bag of coffee to help with oh, their awesome. sponsorship and it's really yummy so coffee and coconut Go water on, plug them give them a plug <laughs> I should right <laughs> They see a boost of four additional sales. (laughs) Oh, we get more than 
for but not everybody assuming not everybody would no, buy everybody will do a twenty five dollar uh-huh. bag of coffee. Yeah, because I'd say one percent do. Yeah, twenty five dollars. Good lord! The shipping on that stuff was so dumb. Anyway, oh my goodness, that's expensive. But I also anyway. got a really like I got a specialized one too. So anyway, that's what I'm drinking. Speaking speaking of shipping, the crew of the La Serena makes a bumpy arrival to the Sith. Synth, oh, the Sith. The We're Sith. Into Star oh Wars shit. Now. The synth homeworld with a Narek and a Borg cube in tow. With a fleet of Romulans en route, Picard and company must come up with a plan to save Capelius, Capelius, Copernicus. To save the civilization of twins. Oh, yeah. So, Danae, the, the first part of the finale, what did you think? Man, we are clipping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ugh. Compared to like the early episodes, we are now whizzing through some shit. Yeah. I can't tell if I enjoyed this one or not. I feel like I was supposed oh, to, you know, because mm-hmm. we're seeing, you know, this data children-esque sort of mm-hmm. gold-toned. Bunch of mini data. Mini, yeah, 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 yeah. We're seeing like the experiment of of these um, androids. But I don't know. This may be my least favorite episode. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, that's really interesting. But, so but I, it's been a while since I've thought about the other episodes comparatively, because we had a lot of mm-hmm. exposition at the beginning. But mm. what we had at the beginning was the the edge of mystery. And now we have mm-hmm. mysteries like check, 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 check. Mm-hmm. Questions are being answered. And there's, and there's an element like when that happens that's supposed to feel satisfactory, where mm-hmm. we're check, check, checking. But when it's clipping by so fast, it's sort of like being on like a, a train ride or something and we're arriving mm-hmm. at the destination. And so you want them to kind of slow down a little bit. And I wanted to live in it a little longer, some things a little mm-hmm. bit longer, but instead it's like, we're almost at the gate. We're almost at the end. And we're like, I'm like, wait, wait, something just flew by. What was that? You know? And I want to go back a little bit. Um, yeah. Because it, it kind of feels like it has to slip into a kind of standard action movie finale of there's a countdown and yeah. there are bad guys on the way and there's going to be a big battle and betrayal and whatnot. So is it the the fact that, is it the attitude of the androids, the synths that you don't like? So, I mean, we get to the planet to skip ahead a little bit and as expected, there is an entire kind of colony of androids that have been created by Bruce Maddox and the son of Noonien Sung, who um, created Data. So he has a mystery son that we've never heard of before called Alton. Um, and he's been helping make the um, to make the androids. Um, but they're all a bit odd, to say the least. Did you not like them? Or did you not like how they're, how they're made? I'm trying to put my finger on it. And, you know, we're really... We're at the end here. And we just saw our crew kind of coalesce Mm -hmm. and similar to when Elnor joined and then was immediately jettisoned out. (laughs) We go into the next episode and they're immediately shattered again. And I just, I want this show to find a pace that feels consistent. And in every episode, it's like we're shifting so many things around. And so now we're on a planet that we've been waiting to get to or we're at a conclusion that we've been waiting to arrive to, and there's all these pieces coming together. It was like exposition all over again, in a way. You know, we, we were shown a golem. We're shown this new person who's been helping Maddox, and then we're talking about Maddox again, and 
everybody is saying goodbye and hello and Picard is talking about his medical condition and we're exploring and we're splitting apart and Elnor's with them and then not with them. It's just, it's, there's just so much happening again. It's a bit disjointed, isn't it? Cause they land on the planet. They jump to the cube. They go back to the synths. Everyone's happy. Everyone's splitting up. Now people are in under house arrest and there's so much information that I've just been given. I don't even know where to focus. So the, you know, and, and maybe it's a sin, maybe it's not, I don't know, but an Android taught themselves how to do the Vulcan mind melt. Oh, save that for a sense. That's a huge thing. Okay. Thank you. But that's a huge part of this is that the information Uh that has been breaking the minds of organic life is not intended Mm -hmm. for organic life. It's intended for, synthetic Correct. life where yeah. it is a it makes organic life fear it makes sense to synthetic life and so the idea is that there is a signal that they can send out that, that the synthetics can send out to call for aid but the aid mm. that will come isn't like let's just move you to where we exist beyond the whatever whatever mm-hmm. it's destruction so yeah. that's an interesting choice like hey hey synthetic life living out there in the world somewhere we're not going to come scoop you up and then just take you away we're going to scoop you up and destroy everything in your realm and that just is like okay so that's extreme can we is there a way to contact them and have a negotiation like that'd be a really interesting thing to sit down and talk about and you know like explore a little bit more but it's Mm. just this touch and go moment when there's a whole bunch of other like they're just tying a lot of things together so on on the signal i think i quite like that because it's the same message but depending on which side of the argument you're on you interpret it differently yeah the idea of it's really cool so it's a warning to um synthetic life to say hey this is inevitable the humans that sorry the organics that made you will eventually want to destroy you because you'll surpass them Mm -hmm. when that happens or before that happens, give us a call and we'll stop the problem before it's a problem. And then organics read that message and think like, oh, this is inevitable. We're going to get destroyed regardless. So I think that's really interesting. It's like this vicious cycle of it's going to happen one way or the other, instigated because the other thinks the other is going to instigate it. It's like mutually assured destruction. It's one of those thoughts that you you see kind of play out in um, story. And it's a really deep conflict because you put yourself into it and wonder what you would do you know Mm. would you push the button if you were told somebody else is in the next room and they have a button and if they push that button the same thing you'll die Uh but if you push the button but if no one presses the button you're all okay can you trust them to do that yeah Yeah. absolutely it's always going to be safer to press the button and then it's just a matter of who presses the button first says Um, you what (laughs) what I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. I think that mm-hmm. you hit on it a, a few episodes ago when you said that you feel like this show suffers. I don't know that you said it this way exactly, but I'm just going to kind of mm-hmm. restate it because it's such a short run series. And this mm-hmm. could be a longer run series. This could be a 40 episode run. I know it's a, like a really big number, but yeah, no, this no, no, could no. have so much more in there. And they just have to touch on some things. And have these beautiful moments. Like I thought that the mo- moment with Agnes and Rios, Rios. Rios yeah. was really good. I thought that was kind yeah. of a sweet thing. It just lasted for a moment. There was a lot mm-hmm. of emotion between the two of them. That didn't need a lot of weight. Like we didn't need no. all that. Like 
blown out for like 20 minutes. But then there's parts of it too that's just like, okay, but can we talk about this a little bit, a little bit more? Like, can we just, why, why is Elnor? <laughs> oh, he's not. Why, why is character? Tell me why this yeah. character exists in the show. There's no, it's honestly, if you were editing, you could edit Elnor out of the entire show and save an episode like all of absolute candor just candor doesn't need to be there does it why yeah because he i'm very confused about that character Mm. in general i don't know honestly there's no reason for him to be there it's some link to what picard was doing when he was evacuating the romulans but eh we already know that shit yeah what is that but also is it is it a link to show that he cares about children somehow? I don't know. Is it like Maybe. we need to think of all of Picard's sins and put him on screen and one of the big ones is a child, so let's just bring this in somehow? Maybe. But also, why is Seven there? Why? Why Why is she helping Picard? The last, the, the what she needs from Picard is a ship. I guess she has Borg Cube now, but not really. It's Crash. I guess because it's the right thing to do, maybe? But is that her vibe? Um, yes, it is. Okay. It is. The, the bottom line is they wanted somebody from the past to be playing with the toys. Right. And that I understand. Uh-huh. It's really fucking yeah. badass. I am all for seeing Seven as much as possible. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. aging, beautiful people on screen. I am here for it. Show me yeah. some wrinkles and some badass acting and let her kick some people off of another Borg cube set. I'm here for it. But mm-hmm. I just like, does what did what did the Borg cube do in the scenario except for provide them proof that the bad guys are coming, which they knew already. So unless there's something that happens in the next part of this, which I'm guessing maybe their technology is going to help somehow. I don't know. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't. Blah. This, this episode made me mad. I'm mad. I'm upset, Ian. That's okay. You can feel the feeling. <laughs> the intent was to come and help. So they didn't know that the plants were going to rip the ball cube out of orbit and pull it down. Plants? Sorry. We'll get to it. But the, yeah, so the ball cube was there to help. Like, you have a fucking ball cube with all of the weapons and whatnot. Yeah, it gets taken out by some plants. But still, <laughs> it was there to help fight the Romulans. So I kind of. Why Seven is doing that, I don't know. But the fact that she's doing it makes sense. Like, as a course of action, yes, but I don't know why she's doing it. Other than I'm just going to help Picard. Yeah. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. The problem with this episode and the series in general is that it wants to build a TNG crew, but spends so much time getting them together, breaking them up, for them to not matter in the finale. Like, they're all separated again. Like, we don't really know what to do with Rios now. We don't know what to do with Rafi. Um, Gerati has her own stuff to do. Soji is obviously the main person, but everyone's kind of at loose ends now. And like, what can I, how can I be of service here? I'll go and fix the ship. They said that they traveled 25 light years in 15 minutes. So that means yeah. that we had a, an assembled cohesive crew for approximately <laughs> 26 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no we d- of actual screen time as well throughout the series oh. um and it's kind of you can't help but want that for the show but it's also not what the show is about the show is about picard and the androids like that's that's what the show is the show isn't but it's not Lacerina or whatever i think it's supposed to be but i feel like it keeps forgetting that that's what it's about it keeps getting lost because we've seen yeah. so many little side adventures which is delightful Mm-hmm. But the purpose of this show, like, 
Picard's mission, like my brain is just on fire right now because I'm trying to think back through all the different episodes and just because mm-hmm. we're coming to the end of it, right? Like I'm not, I'm not just sitting yep. back watching this going, okay, we'll see what next episode, like next episode is the end. So yeah, that's it. So the goal is to, if there's a link back to data, then his daughter is worth fighting for and worth protecting and worth saving. Right. And as he's gone along, he's found out that she's linked to a conspiracy, which explains why his mission to save the Romulans failed and why mm-hmm. all synthetic life has been banned. Right. So it's it snowballed into this. He's accidentally himself into this colony of androids that can now end the universe like it's a it's a total fluke and i think that's what your brain might be struggling to get to is that this is a universe ending or a galaxy ending threat that he's tripped into chasing data's daughter and they're all data's daughters and sons they're all made from the one they're all drawn from data's neuron that they found yeah essentially Uh right okay Mm -hmm. so they were happily kind of living on their own world, doing their own thing, and probably would have done that forever until they've been shown the admonition. But ab- only admonition. one was showed the admonition. Yeah, she and she's now shared spread it, it too. with everyone. Yeah, but uh-huh. she's yeah, yeah. So, and now they're like, we need to do something about this to protect our way of life. Yeah, and that I understand the desire to protect and all that. I don't understand mm-hmm. why evil Soji is released, evil ex boyfriend. But we'll get to that. Um, we we yeah we'll get to that in this instance. Like wait no 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 it's kind of a plot beat. So she's released him to prove her point. So okay C- to prove that organics are evil. Right. So she sacrificed the simple android mm-hmm. bless her as a look look how evil organics are and mm-hmm. one of them has killed one of us already. This is what's going to happen if we don't mobilize. So I just assume that evil Soji killed her sister. Oh, she may well have done. Yeah. But she's blamed it on Narek. Right. Yeah. Because um, there was... I think that that's that's one of my big problems, is the androids are now evil. Like, well, they're not evil. They're, their motivation is understandable, but they are the enemy of Picard now. They are the one of the bad guys. It's like, who do we root for now? Like, you're not going to root for the Romulans. The androids are now doing sketchy stuff because they're led by somebody with that's morally ambiguous. So it's like, who am I rooting for now? Yeah. Who are we rooting for? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my theories. Mm-hmm. I can't, well, you're rooting for Picard. I can't wait to tell right, you. That, oh, yeah, Picard. Okay, we'll get right, to of course, of course, of course. Well, we should be. Let's talk about the stuff that was good. So I can't get past the geek gasm of the ball cube just turning up through the through the um, um through the subspace tunnel. That tunnel Bam. is rammed. Ooh, that tunnel so was not designed for that gigantic Borg cube, and that tunnel was the Borg made it. I mean that, but. But that tunnel is in pain, okay? <laughs> was, that was some serious penetration. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> but that was, that looked really there cool. There was some absolute subspace tearing going on. There is something about a Borg cube showing up that's so uh-huh. cool. And well, I love that visual. It's just a black cube in space. Like, it shouldn't be cool. But as soon as you see it on screen, it's so, it is it's so, so intimidating. Yeah. And this time, it's such a strange feeling of being, like, intimidated and nerve like that thing makes me nervous i fully uh-huh. expect if 
So let's say that this Borg cube like hangs out on this planet. And then in yeah, some future sure. episode of some future series, you go back mm. to this planet and it's just like slowly been taking over this organic universe. Yes. Because the Borg cube will. is just so scary. Yeah, because the Borg cube's alive and it's still going. It's crashed into the planet and it is still functional <gasps> to the Borg, some degree. Does the Borg assimilate the synths? Can they assimilate synths? I'm not That'd saying be a thing. cool. Let's do that. Would I'm just that if for me like the entire episode was saved by the opening five minutes <laughs> yeah. of like the 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 Lacerina looking gorgeous in like the subspace tunnel yeah arriving a nice little battle with Narek that was fun and then the Borg cube just bam I'm here loved it loved it loved it loved it loved it but then yeah it's like we've had our big big climactic moment at the beginning so then you have 40 minutes of exposition and a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. It's almost a bit backwards, isn't it? You kind of want the Borg ship to turn up at the end, but... Well, so much so that I forgot like about the It's kind of like a of things we needed. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, so much so I forgot that that had happened at the beginning and that was... It was fun. That space battle was so interesting. I was having a really good time mm. with it because it was mysterious. It was like, is he really going to be... Is he wounded? Um, yeah. And then, you know, he was tricky. And then... Of all things to show up in space, mm-hmm. it was the least expected <laughs> thing, which is fun. The orchids. To, it is fun to happen when you have something yeah. unexpected on your <laughs> screen. And I did not yep. expect space orchids. <laughs> yep. If there was like a. He's <laughs> like, I want to say flowers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My note on that was like, you think it is literally <laughs> a flower. <laughs> Space, but you have gone into the space flower vulva, yes, um, and you're yep. just being absorbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, that was a choice. It's I get it. it like they have to make it down to the planet. It was interesting. It's I fine. didn't mind it. I was. I didn't know. I guess they're or they're made. They're crafted. So it's like obviously yes, a, a, a combination of technology inspired by nature, which is just yeah. That was a really cool thing to see. Because yeah. it was so unexpected. As much as I could sin it probably a thousand mm-hmm. times for fun, it was still a unique way to absorb a ship and mm-hmm. neutralize it. And that was really clever. It's one of those things that was probably in the writer's room of, well, this is really cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, it's not needed. You can absolutely crash those three ships no. into the planet and make up whatever reason you want. But Space Orchids, mm-hmm. how often do I get to do that? Yeah. you got to know that these writers have a list of things they've never seen in space before. And they just kind of like uh-huh. go and just sort of like close their eyes and wiggle their finger like, and we're landing on Orchid. Mm, that one. Yeah. Which is impressive after 800 episodes of Star Trek. There's still stuff we've we have, never seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I felt the same way about Oroville when I watched the first episode of Oroville. And it's like, Uh, you know uh what's never happened? We've never had a tree destroy a ship before. Let's do that. (laughs) Nor should it. Um, (laughs) But then here we have an orchid. So it's kind of like, wait, (laughs) did a writer from Oroville come over here? What's going on right now? Why do we have something? (laughs) I mean, Oroville did it first, which is ironic, considering that it's a tribute to Star Trek. On the list of things that I liked on this episode, I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. Picard just so matter-of-factly telling his mm-hmm. crew his friends that he has a, uh, a brain tumor a brain situation going on i don't i don't a, he didn't say too brain, a brain abnormality yeah an yeah. abnormality that is is acute and he doesn't want to talk about it he's like i'm dying i don't want to talk about it the end and i was i literally laughed and clapped in that scene because it was just such a yeah. fun expression of picard I think what I said was that when I was watching it was he doesn't command a ship, but he commands his own body. 
And mm-hmm. there's something that was that's just really powerful about that. I've actually employed a very similar tactic in my life when I'm not feeling well, or I just mm. turn to my friends and I'm like, I feel like shit. I don't want to talk about it. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah. Let's not dwell Anybody on it. Anybody that mentions it runs the risk of pissing me off. That's right. Don't fucking touch <laughs> so me. True. Let's just keep moving yeah. on because if I stop and fall <laughs> apart, everything falls apart. So we're going to yeah. keep moving on. I really like I really liked that scene. And it's so true to his character because he he's very much like that. I don't want any fuss made of me. Like, yeah. There's an episode where his pacemaker, his like mechanical heart, is not working, and he refuses to let the doctor on the Enterprise operate on him because it would be embarrassing, and he doesn't want a fuss made of him. So he takes this like five day journey so that some stranger, random doctor can operate on him instead. Like it's so true to his character. There's like the people that are near me do not need to worry about me. Yeah, there was something about Picard that uh, during this episode. That I was really, really drawn to. There's one thing in this mm. episode that I like sucked me in, and I was like watching and kind of not on the edge of my seat necessarily, but I was really mm-hmm. locked in. It was how Picard talked this episode. He had yeah. a different. It was a different vibe, maybe because he finally arrived and he. It wasn't the tension of getting somewhere. Like mm-hmm. so there's this moment when they arrive where he kinda like passes out, right? And he get he he mm. checks out. I didn't know if he was being possessed by something on the planet, like speaking through mm. the organic. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? Because he had his had his head back, kinda like, Thank you for accompanying me on this journey. And I was like, Yeah. Oh, is he possessed? But you know, it was him expressing himself before he kinda passed out or whatever. And mm. then they land and he just has this presence. I don't know if it was just something about the way that uh, Sir Patrick was like acting or something, but he was really compelling on in several scenes. Um, so yeah, for mm. me, like the top of this one is just Picard in general. I really enjoyed Picard. He feels he feels so much like the Picard that we know, doesn't he? Yeah. In this episode, in it's this like one, really strongly. Back. Yeah. Although they did go back into the hubris of him being like, "And the Federation will listen to me," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, here we go again." Really? Have you learned? Nothing. Maybe even the most annoying part of this episode and the most frustrating part of this episode for me was so evil Soji being like, and I'll save everyone like you couldn't. And oh, Picard. Mm-hmm. It's like, really, we're doing this again through the synths? Like, through, yeah. like, as if they've just been out, like, okay, all right, we're going back here. Mm-hmm. One more group of people that have been let down by Picard. Like, it is not his responsibility to save everyone. Yeah. They touch on that in so many mm. different ways. We didn't need it again, but here we no, are. I get it. I kind of want to get to episode two because, or the the second part, because I just I'm like, oh dear, I'm nervous. Are they gonna? Mm-hmm. <laughs> am I gonna About, like the well, finale? Predictions. Finale? predictions. We're so, going to predictions. I'm so scared. There's one big moment that I really loved as well. I'm just dive. I'm diverting you. It is when Seven turns up, and you may not, you probably haven't noticed it, but it was the Voyager theme music came in. Like, it did a sped-up version of the Voyager intro music as she's standing there saying, so you just cause messes instead of clearing them up. I knew I recognized that. It's so good. I I didn't remember what it was, but I knew I recognized it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so, so good. Um, But what I've noticed this time round on Picard is how much Seven of Nine isn't needed and how much, like, I was so, so wrapped up in, yes, get it, she's here, to now it's like, wow, you really, this is great, this is cool, but... This is the only reason you're here. It's because it's cool. Like, you are so shoehorned into this. Like, you didn't even bring the Rangers with you. Like, that's... I am so 
uh-huh. shocked by that because that's one of my predictions that's wrong. Ever since Stardust City Rag, I've been like, Danae's going to be disappointed. I really am. (laughs) I'm very disappointed. I mean, I guess we needed to see all the androids versus seeing the rangers. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of pick your battles here. Like, there is so much to focus on. Like, again, what would the rangers be doing? They're just going to chill out. And how can they really match 200 Romulans? Well, that depends on how many Romulans were going to come, right? Like, if it was going to be one Borg cube against Mm -hmm. with some fenris rangers and like captain what's his name from the regeneration planet that didn't actually turn Mm -hmm. out to be anybody but could have been somebody that shows up what was the the, oh the the random captain random captain Captain random what do you call captain random yeah that guy like if that guy speaks of 10 year olds Uh, you know, uh, it could have been like an interesting, like a ragtag yeah. group of people that show up to to prove that not mm-hmm. everybody is against synthetic life. Yeah, and that could have been very interesting. But instead, mm-hmm. we have this sort of really forced. We're going to make these androids make this decision about whether or not to annihilate everything in this mm-hmm. galaxy, so that and they that's survive. My, that's my big problem: is that they are not very data-ish. They're all very jump to kill everything, or one of them is very jump to kill everything and everyone else is apparently so naive that they will follow. So yeah. Alton soon, um, Brent Spiner, he's he's actually worried that they are so malleable and so naive that Picard will lead them astray, but he's absolutely fine for Sutra to lead them astray. And it's just, there is just no faith in any of them. That's, why is Sutra the one with all the brains? That's the part too that's... like I think that's why the entire part with the with this colony of of synths synths is really hard for me to just accept i think my resistance to that is so strong because of what you're talking about like it just feels like such a stretch that well we don't really have an understanding of of their evolution is it that soji Mm -hmm. and evil soji are the most evolved of the type of models this right because we we're not shown any kind of understanding as to their creation process or or anything like are they all mm-hmm. just as powerful as soji and able to think for themselves but they haven't been exposed to thought mm-hmm. or is this like step by step by step like is that bald android the first one and then did it evolve into soji's i f- um, i feel like we're, we're finally kind of hitting on it and we can move on to the next turn in a second but i feel like something that happens to me when i watch content like this is you i f- i know when i'm being told just accept this and move on and i re- and i mm-hmm. push against that i'm like but why am i what makes evil yeah. soji evil soji like was her programming mm-hmm. that way is it that she's been around this particular what's his name the doctor the not dr maddox but uh, alton is yeah. has, has she been on alton for a long time and so she's just kind of shady because he's obviously a little shady uh is she just wired like what makes her this mm-hmm. this way and and they want me to just instantly believe it but mm. I've been waiting. Is it the, just the admonition? Is it the admonition? Because, that could be. Yeah, is that but what's she seemed kind of intense know. from the start, though. She seemed kind of yeah, like her presence when she came into the scene was kind of like, I'm the queen of this domain, you know. Mm. Um, but I've been told, like, we've been going towards this finale for so long. So that's when mm-hmm. I was saying earlier, like, there's more. There's like more I want to sit in and understand. I think that's what it is. I want to understand this colony yeah. more. I want to understand how any of this is working you know and i think when we get to in fact i know when we get to the final episode 
why that didn't happen will make sense. Okay. Um, they know, they absolutely know what they wanted to spend their time on. Okay, all right. Whether that makes you feel better or not, I don't know, because you may not like what they choose to spend their time on. Yeah, but we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find I, out. I'm, I'm not having a bad time. I'm just, this isn't one of my least favorite category. I agree. Like, this isn't, I'll probably save that for next episode, but this part in particular, other than the ball cube turning up, it isn't my favorite thing. I don't particularly like how the colony of androids was handled. I would like it so much more if Data was there to guide us a little bit and just be like, or be there in wonder with us and be like, oh my God, there's so many of me now. Like, I almost want his eyes because we get a little bit of that from Picard at the beginning, but... Yeah. Or not, or not like, enough. or does his mind exist somewhere? Like, mm. you know, we have this Gollum situation, which I've got theories about that, but like, we've got this... We've Is there something where even it could have been like a his voice and then just, mm. you know, because obviously the actor can't play Data... Unless he's playing an aged data, and they kind of like well, we've play seen, into that. We've yeah, it's it's in Picard's dream, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. and you have to assume that Picard has aged him up in his memories. Well, they had which to is like he looks so different. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, but but you're right. Like it's missing. It's missing something familiar mm-hmm. where Correct. I'm just searching for what I'm supposed to connect to. Even if they looked a bit more datary, but they did, like, didn't they? I thought that the wink and nod to him was nice. Yeah, the contact the lenses are great. Color. And like, if you... No, that's true. And they actually used the same... They spent days with makeup artists getting... Because nobody had the recipe for Data's makeup. So they teamed up with Mac and just experimented for Holy days shit. to get the skin tone right. It took so long. Can you but imagine? The effort that they went to oh my God. was incredible. Uh-huh. This is why you write down your recipes to the craziest right? things, people. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but I will say it was nice to see Brent Spiner like turn of up. Course. Like, I'm fine with Noonien having extra children everywhere. The man got around and did some shenanigans. Okay, well, with that, I think it's time to head to engineering for this instance is futile. Um, Ambassador, you've, you're already reaching for the phaser. Quick, red <laughs> alert. Warning, warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. You first, Danae. I have no sins for this one. You have no sins? I'm kidding. <gasps> My goodness, <laughs> this is a lie. Uh, no, I do want to point out that we do have seatbelts in this episode. Um, I oh, think it's a sin. But they're used too late. They, they're not used during the tunnel. Yeah. He puts them on after the turbulence is finished. He puts them on when they're going to go into battle and they're flipping around upside down. I get I, I get that, you know. That, awesome. But, but just, how about you use them all the time? You don't, like, seatbelts are invented for surprises. Like, this is why you have them on. <laughs> yeah, I'm now with you. Sorry, inertial dampeners. I've done an entire 180 on... <laughs> On my stance on this, I'm sorry. If you're going to use them, then always use them. You're either fine that you don't need them, but if there's a situation where you suddenly need them, you should have always needed them. Yep. I'm glad that you're with me now. I, I do love the idea of these Ooh. dampeners, though. Super love it. Um, It's yep. just, you Makes use sense. them the whole time, or you... But yeah, we have, like, Insta seatbelt on this one, and I, and, and I, mm-hmm. would, I would absolutely... Like, if, if we were sitting the series, there would be in the episodes where there should be seatbelts, like in this episode of of Picard, I would want it mm. to be like a, 
we have fucking seat belts and then just like ding, 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 just like ding the fuck ding, out ding, of ding, it. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah just add dings for all of the other times oh dear um this was a little one and it might not be a super sin but the commercial freighter has a starfleet red alert tone so when they go to like battle stations and it's it is such a starfleet tone i'm just i don't know like why would it have the same tone as starfleet maybe rios like put it in there for like old time's sake but he's so anti-starfleet you'd think he would delete it and just put his own alert in but it was it was a definitely a little callback to you guys know this sound enjoy it i think i would send the most confusing entry to a planet that i've ever seen somehow um, they cut kind of like away from the flower dampening their fall or like softening their fall it was Uh such a confusing thing it's like so the flower engulfs the the threat the threat turns off all of their stuff then they free fall through the atmosphere where the flower Uh then burns up uh-huh. How did it get to space in the first place? This is a question entirely, but like... This is fine. It's fine. They launched it and then it opened up like a flower is what the answer is there. Okay. So then, so it burns up and somehow kind of softens their fall a little bit. Yep. So it's kind of like a two-parter. It's it's take out... It the neutralizes th- the threat. Yeah. And then cushions it to safety on the planet because it doesn't want to kill them. Okay. For some reason. Right. So they sacrifice themselves right. to save... Yeah. But then, so if this is part of their, like, programming, then mm-hmm. how, uh, they had better be thinking about this being part of their, re- do they push the button, do they not push the button and exterminate everything? Because mm-hmm. if they're designed to not eliminate a threat just by mm-hmm. killing them in space, they want them to come down to the planet and still have a chance at life. I don't know. It was just, I don't know. I was confused. I don't think we're told. The only way I can think about it is that they detected Soji on La Serena, and these orchids have multiple settings. So they were like, hey, go, no, come on, catch La Serena, uh-huh. bring it down as gently as possible, uh-huh. but hey, that turns out to be not very gently at all. The ball cube, fuck that noise, just bring it down into the planet, because the ball cube takes a lot more damage. It has a much like more harsh landing. Well, and also the flower could only like munch on one of the corners. Yeah, just like one <laughs> corner each. There's like three of them that try to take it down. I did think that they did a good job of showing the size of the board cube. I didn't mention that previous. The scale but is fantastic. In space, yeah. they show like this tiny little, you know, the, the flower attaching to it and it mm-hmm. taking up like a little edge. And then, then they show it on the surface of the planet. And it's like, let us not forget oh, that this is a massive planet of a spaceship. This is a moon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Oh, man, let's just go back to the Borg shit. Right? Uh, my next one was... Oh, yeah, Narek's unwell. Beam him to sickbay. Damn it, Jean-Luc, it's not your ship. <laughs> That's just going to be like the like, recurring theme through the entire just, series is just, it's not your gun, it's not your ship, it's not... You can't make these decisions. Rios is just there munching on a cigar, just like, well, I guess I'll just get rid of the captain before my name and let Picard take over. Yeah, the whole beaming um, without yeah, permission thing is interesting, right? Like, that you can, there's just so many times that you could, it just must be a, a, an unspoken, kind rule amongst Starfleet that like you just don't beam mm-hmm. without permission, even though you totally could. You would think. So, the, I think the most egregious place that's ever used is in Voyager with the, the holographic doctor. So, in the first two seasons, they would just 
deactivate him mid-sentence. Yeah. They, like, he would butt in, and then they'd be like, yeah, deactivate Doctor, and he just dis... It takes, like, three or four years before he gets any kind of say in when he's allowed to be in the room. It's... Rewatching it now is so cringy because I don't think they realised he was going to be a full-fledged... Character? Character or oh, he's part one of, of my the favorite show. characters. I love oh, him. Oh, he's the best. He's so, he's so sarky. Yeah. So good. Yeah. In fact... <laughs> We, we met him at a convention once and my dad said, so when are we going to get a Voyager movie? And he said, when are you going to pay for it? <laughs> like, it's like talking to the doctor. Yay! <laughs> You're like, burn me. Yay. Burn me. That's it. Insult me. Tell me I'm a bad human. Uh, I think um, I would. Yeah. I think I would sin. Um, there's a moment on the ship when they're kind of arriving where Picard is like, how did they find us whenever they're being followed by uh, Narc? And Soji turns into the suddenly knows all the information person. And I guess the role at this point should be a little more established that she just knows shit now because she's just this brilliant. Actually remembering things when the plot needs. Yeah. And that was it is she became the um, expositional person because she's like, they must have extrapolated from the last known position, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, because suddenly you're the one that has. She's now the character that if no one else knows the answer, the android can know it. And I just felt like, I don't know, that was kind of a it's a reminder that we haven't spent enough time with her in her power for me to be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's not a, that's annoying rather than it making sense. Anyway, so yeah. I think I would try to no, send that. I totally get it. I get it. I'm glad they're not spending any more time on giving her information, but it yeah. is a leap. Like, it should be maybe like, more gradual. Extrapolating but... from last known location? What? I'm sorry. Yeah, who? What? How does that work? You guys jumped into, like, this time tunnel thing. What? How does that make any sense? He was actually mm. waiting for you. That's not the answer at all he followed us just like he followed the ship <laughs> that but Do that's we? not even that's not even the answer because mm. he had been hunting them he left before they even left so yeah the answer is that you told him a couple planets and he kind of like he didn't extrapolate your last known location because the last known location was someplace else entirely anyway yeah. it's just, just don't, the question is how did he get to the tunnel don't throw entrance. techno babble at me if that doesn't even yeah. make sense Mm-hmm. I know more than an android. Actually, I don't yeah, know if I'm actually right about that at all. I just assume I'm right because that's what humans I'm, do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she's being a good human, actually. <laughs> and there was one bit that was a bit jarring, and I want your take on it. It's when um, they're getting off of La Serena and Rafi is going for weapons, and Soji says, Well, you're not going to need those. And she's like, Well, I'm either going to shoot some AI, I'm going to shoot some fungus or whatever, or I'm going to shoot somebody's asshole Romulan X. And it's kind of like, yeah, but the fact that he's her ex isn't the problem, Rafi. Like, that's a shitty thing to say. Like, we've all we've all had questionable partners. We've all, <laughs> we've all been in relationships that weren't right. His being evil is nothing to do with her. Yeah, it's... That just rubbed me the wrong way. It's kind of like a, hey, we're pals now because I'll shoot your ex for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, mm, he's actually like a homicidal Romulan, like... The fact that he's somebody's ex-boyfriend is really beside the point. Um, there was a moment, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. They were trying to excuse away, like, the Borg ship. Like, they're tra- they're like essentially saying that maybe uh, Elnor didn't survive and Hugh didn't survive the Borg ship falling. And they mm-hmm. said something that large falling that fast wouldn't survive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, like, the little ship has a less chance of survival, but then, like, the the flower stopped it somehow. 
I think it's like it's equal. Like you're you're fucked either way. Like I I didn't understand <laughs> why would the size and also if they're in the middle of the board cube and it falls. Uh huh. When, well, everyone knows that you just jump at the last second. That's exactly like, what I was thinking. <laughs> we all know that when you're in the elevator, you just kind of like... Uh-huh. Yeah, that definitely works. I know like all... like <laughs> There's got to be so much... But I just the casual thing of like, yeah, the size of the board cube falling, they're really in trouble. I'm like, I don't understand why that's the thing. Why does it have to it's be... It's <laughs> like, the thing is impossible right up until it isn't impossible. Like, not only is is a lot of people... Like, not only did somebody survive... A lot of them are yeah. just wandering around having a picnic. Like they're just. I guess I'll fix this now. Yeah, they walked totally in. And it's fine. like everybody that was still in their prosthetics Chilling. that day. They're yep. like, we're gonna shoot multiple scenes, so anyone still in their prosthetics, you know. Yep, you hang oh. around. Seven's hair is still perfectly curled. Like <laughs> she's not looking any worse for wear. But yeah, I. Yeah, if they don't it's use that, that board drama. cube next episode, I'm gonna be so mad. Okay. <laughs> well, they have. They've used the long range sensors. Um. So moving on. Can a robot do a mind meld? I this shouldn't bug me, but I I feel like you and it's there are humans that have done mind meldy things, but I feel like it's not a matter of oh she spent ten thousand hours and learned how to do a mind meld like Rom, uh, uh, Vulcans and Romulans are empathic. They have something in their brain that allows this shit to happen. Can you wire that? I don't know. You're reading a person's thoughts. It's I. I don't know. I don't know. We have brain interfaces, but she's literally doing the finger thing that Vulcans do. I've always felt that there are magical properties, for lack of a better word, magic or, you know, divine or something that gives certain beings an ability to do things because of their their makeup. Like, I've never seen like a Vulcan as a human. I see they're like a Vulcan. So they have different... Mm-hmm. They have different DNA. They have different... The organs are in different places. So to yeah. me, it's like almost like the energy that's just stored in their body can be manipulated differently or something. That they have these abilities to use their resources differently. So, Or or if it's outside, an outside element that gives them a, an ability like a like a external force. That There's something that explains these really incredible gifts that they have so to give that to an android to give it to a synth who learned it from books i'm like okay this this really makes me ask so many questions about just Mm -hmm. this ability in general because for whatever reason in my mind it's like that is something that only certain people can do and it's it's a very Mm -hmm. sacred thing but to to say that you can learn it from a book where you can put your finger in a very specific spot and you can say this word. About pressure points or some nonsense. Yeah. Because it's a transference. <laughs> it's a transference of energy. It's a transference yeah. of memory. There's something happening that's really powerful. How does a synth reenact that with their inorganic material? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. So it's all in, in Star Trek lore, it's all, it's in the brain. So Beta Zeds have a, a lobe of the brain that specifically deals with they're being able to read thoughts and the Vulcans are the same. There is okay. a part of their brain that they have access to that it's just, it's been, it's evolved over over millions of years to be able to use telepathy and stuff. So I guess if you can map a Vulcan brain and replicate it perhaps, but it's the way it's presented in here is like, yeah, no, she just learned to do that. I feel like if you're going to get an android that can read minds, it has to be purpose-built that way. Hmm. Or it would have to rewire its brain somehow. Like, there has to be a mechanism behind it. I understand the desire to 
make this really interesting plot point come to pass where Mm -hmm. this these memories that were forcefully put onto agnes are now being used to communicate a message to this synth culture i think that's a really Mm -hmm. cool idea i don't like how it's executed i kind of wish that there was another way to extrapolate her memories and share them somehow or something like that there was a different way but this is the way that they chose to do it how i also like what i thought was about to happen is that they travel to that planet of eight and the android goes and puts her hands onto that thing and receives the message you know that would have been interesting if they had more time i guess you know but they don't have time Mm -hmm. because they've built this to all come to a head so there's not like they can go you know find this intricate star system that was m- m- not yeah. that was made by androids that was made by synths so but that would have been interesting to see them go and reenact send you know evil soji and good soji and these other yeah you know synths and wake them up and let them all have a decision but instead they're giving the power to one they're giving the the mm-hmm. which is i don't know you would think that beings who are calculating and, and processing wouldn't be easily manipulated but here we are. It That's would be nice so if many they questions. were equals instead of just being easily like overlorded. Let them. Yeah. 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 It, it seems wrong. Same old story, isn't it? But it all starts with that Vulcan. Yeah. That's uh, for me a super cynical. The thing. mind meld. Mm-hmm. Super, super cynny. Do you have any others? Oh, um. So if you stab somebody in the eye, the eye can't be fixed. A robot, like an android. Like, are you really? Yeah. I'm. I. I'm. Mm, so they're biological. They are. Indistingu- indistinguishable from organics, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a bit of a push. Like, how deep did that pendant go? I mean, I guess it went pretty deep. Maybe it deep. got swelled around. Yeah. Maybe it went deep and got, like, swelled. Yeah, like a little blender. Nice. That's a great thought. Well, my last one was the the gadget of imagination. The fuck? That's going to fix everything. Like, okay, there is advanced technology that they have. Great. But Raffi is fine with that explanation. She's like, yeah, just think about it. And she's like, okay, here we go. Here's a highly I, I developed no further weapon. explanations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't need you to clarify this any further. I will just hope it works. That's right. My goodness. I think we talked a lot about the parts of this episode in general that were frustrating to me, like just kind of being force fed some things. Um, but I thought of another one. So maybe there would be a way in, if we were going to try to send this episode where we could kind of take apart specific moments and be like we're just accepting this without anything else because we're just rushing to the finish line here but one of the other Mm -hmm. ones that popped into my mind was um the exchange with agnes and what's the doctor's name again uh arnold alton so alton soon uh agnes and alton are talking and he essentially offers her a chance to absolve her murder by doing more work as if that's something that <laughs> yeah. she has the ability to do. Uh-huh. And I feel like this is designed to sort of let the audience quote unquote come to peace that she is going to make up for her Penance. murder. Yeah. Yeah. Say some Hail Marys. Yeah. And I know that sometimes audiences need need that, <laughs> but that just seemed like a really weird way to do it. Like a, Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to give you an opportunity to just make that murder just super An eye good. for an eye, a life for a life, yeah. And I, and I know that I feel like there's a lot more, obviously, to be discovered about these people, uh, mm-hmm. Alton and his intentions, and I, I fully expect we're going to see some interesting twists and turns on that 
uh, next episode. But uh, that was just a, it was like one of those moments where it's like, really, is that all we're going to get with the OK, we're not thinking about her murdering anybody anymore, although they did touch on it quite a lot in this episode. Um, yeah, which was. But we're we're eventually going to be okay with it. Is yeah. the message? Yeah. Like, am I not under arrest anymore? Because they did some things with her character this time, where they where they yeah, am I not under arrest anymore? And then when she was um, uh, talking with Evil Soji and like, well, maybe you were out mm. of your mind. So they're they're building the case around. We've got to give a little bit of winks and nods. You were into, brainwashed. You know, this mm-hmm. really wasn't your fault that you killed somebody. Yeah. We can still love Agnes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I'm all on board for that. Um, well, let's let's transition quite nicely into our final stop, which is the captain's ready room. Welcome to the captain's ready room, where we hear our ambassador's predictions for the rest of the season and bask in her cue-like glory if anything she's previously predicted has come true. One big one that didn't come true was the Fenris Rangers, but we've covered that and you are, you're yeah. mad about it. I'm so sorry. There are no uh, Rangers. But hey, we can still hope for a spin-off. Yeah, can we? <laughs> We can, there's always hope. There's always hope. Hope, hope, and the odds make awkward bedfellows. <laughs> wow. Wasn't that from this episode? It was, yes. Good job. <laughs> nice. Okay, go for it. Hit me. What's your big things for the final episode? Ooh. I think you, you've already got some thoughts. I think the golem is going to play into this somehow. Here's my big prediction. I, yeah, I want you to pin down what's going to happen with the golem. I think it's going to be Agnes. What, what do you mean? You th- oh, you think when it's finished growing, it'll be Agnes? I think she's going to put her mind into the, oh, the golem. Oh, okay, and join the androids. Yeah. Cool. I feel like she's going to sacrifice herself to redeem herself from her murder arc, um, possibly mm-hmm. doing it by, like, you know, transferring herself somehow and just this sort of thing. Because I think, obviously, the golem is meant for Alton. I think the, implied, her yeah. choice to stay with the androids is because she knows she's willing to murder because she's done it already. And I think that she's 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 not staying because she's like, yeah, I'm going to help out. She's staying because she wants to do some shit um, because she's the only one that see the admonition as well. So, yeah, she gave the information to the sense, but she's also seen the other side of it. Right. And so she's mm-hmm. she also wants to survive. And I think that she knows that she's capable of doing some pretty crazy shit. So. My predictions are kind of multi in this. I think she'll probably end up killing someone. I'm guessing it's going to be Alton and stopping him from doing something. She might like also be injured mortally in that and then just at the last second transfer her mind so that she gets to live as an android and fulfill her great fantasy. That's one of my predictions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nice. I like it. It's in the log. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the Borg ship has to come into play again. If it doesn't, I'm going to be mad about that one too. <laughs> why? Why crash land a massive Borg ship and not and just use it for long range sensors? There has to be something else that comes from that Borg um, cube being there. Um, I don't know what it is yet, but it would be kind of cool if they tried to do some assimilation mm-hmm. of some crazy mm-hmm. synths that need to be neutralized a little bit, even though that's scary. Like, this is how you actually do robots. Right. Yeah, let us show you yeah. how it's done. Um, I don't think that's actually going to happen. It would just kind of be interesting to, like, what an interesting thought process. You've now become your own yeah. version of life. What happens if we assimilate something that's not, or, like, organic, like, normal, quote-unquote normal? Okay. Yeah, because the Borg don't want waste. They want to, they don't want to kill the organics. They want to, like, yeah, we'll take the good ones for ourselves. Yeah. And why not take ones that don't age? Yeah. Renew. There's no need for well. That's the energy source. Part of the the plot of first contact is the Borg Queen 
wants to take data and make the perfect drone. Oh, is um, it? So Ooh. it's been touched upon before. Hey, look at me. Um, I think good Soji is going to kill bad Soji. Okay, in the log. Um, to make the proper decision, the to somehow come to peace. Um, and that's it. I think. Okay. Yeah, those are the ones that, that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that covers it all. And I think Picard survives because there's season two. <laughs> <laughs> well, we may have possibly shown our hand on that one. Yeah, Picard survives. I may not put that I mean, in the log. <laughs> if he goes into, I guess, I guess the other option obviously is that Picard goes into because we don't want Picard to, you know, die. So he could go into Gollum. But then that's a strange thing to try to sell to the audience. Yeah. I feel like as a writer, that would be really interesting. Like you would have to change his voice and his face. And it would be a very, very difficult thing, I think, for the audience to be like, yeah, I want to watch Picard and somebody else's body. I think that's You've a- got to say goodbye to the the body that is Picard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why would you risk, like, why not give your this incredible character the the completed arc that mm-hmm. matters like the good the the end i think that they're going to yeah, give him an end but you know I, I wonder if we're supposed to be like oh let's put picard in the golem but why introduce the golem if you're not going to use it it's going to be used somehow it's either like who's in there already or it's someone's going to take it over and i think it's going to be a takeover but we'll see like, what's the point of crashing a ball cube into a planet if you're not going to use the golem that's that's a great way to sum up the predictions. <laughs> okay, well, that's the penultimate episode done. We will see you next week <laughs> for part two of Et in Arcadia. Um, what's the word? Et in Arcadia. Et in Arcadia. Capacurnia, Columbia. Et in Connecticut. Et in Arcadia. Ego, part two. And the last episode of season one of Captain's Pod. So... Thanks for listening, everyone. It's Cogito Ergo Soon from me and whatever from the ambassador. It's Glebin from me, which I think <laughs> yeah, and me- I think that means Rain and Ferengi. Rain and it's Glebin from the ambassador. <laughs> or or we'll gl- Glebining? Gle- Glebining? We don't nope. know. Yeah, it's Ferengi. Who cares? No one really cares about that. <laughs> we will see you next week. And as always, live long and podsper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. It's 9.03. That tells me that maybe there's a message about being late. Hmm, No message on Slack. Where is... He must be very close. He's usually very prompt. Oh, Captain, where are you? Oh, Capitan, where are you? This is the perfect time to rearrange everything on his desk, right? Right. I guess I'll just eat the snack bar. That's what I'll do with my time. I'll eat a snack bar. Okay. So we got like several inches of snow. Oh, really? And... I don't know if that's why the dogs are just having a morning, but they're having a morning where they will not stop just being overly been... interested in anything happening. Mm-hmm. So they've been out in it or they want to be out in it. 
They're just like kids that are like, snow day, snow day. Dogs, you don't go to school. They don't want to be out on it. No. They think that they do. I opened the front door (laughs) and they ran onto like a little porch. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, what? And they just turned around and ran back in. My paws are so cold. He's at the door. I can't hear him, but is he whining at the door? The thing is, is there's no there's no one here at the house. Justin left with Iris to go in our uh, four wheel jeep, like our Rubicon, to go take Iris to childcare and play in the snow. Mm. She wants to play in the snow today. Of course. So he went to go have That's a little the correct thing to do, good, like a morning snow adventure with Iris, and they have been at the door crying and whining and barking as if we're being invaded by I don't know weather. I'm not sure. So I brought Maybe them in here. Maybe they're worried that. They're not going to come back. Like, the snow is dangerous. Maybe oh. they, they know that this is dangerous. <gasps> oh, they do. Anyway, that's why I've brought the dogs onto the ship today, Captain. Um, permission granted, although they're already <laughs> in my chair. So I guess I don't have much choice. Well, if you were here on time, you could have had... I would have opened the door with two wow. dogs, you know, one in each arm and said, Hey, Captain, can I bring my dogs to work today? And you had been sitting in the captain's chair and you had been like, Sorry, no. But because you weren't here, I just had to make myself comfortable. Well, if you hadn't switched your comm badge off, <laughs> maybe we could have communicated. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you send me a message? Are we working today? Or did you yes. just send a message saying, you're up too early. Go back to bed. Yes, I did. Which was on. Un- <laughs> and you didn't read it. So I assumed you went back to bed. Okay, listen, you were ass- still sleeping. You assumed correctly. Was- but then I woke up with enough time to shower and get to work on time because I'm a professional. I'm going to get beamed off the ship in my sleep. I didn't want you to see me trying to drip this vitamin D K2 in my mouth. What what, what is that anyway? It's it's this dietary supplement. (laughs) Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. This is vitamin D K2. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's just this liquid. It doesn't taste like anything. You just drip several drops into your mouth every day. This is for Uh people who don't go into the sun and still need sunlight to be happy. Well, that's all of us. Mm -hmm. We all Mm -hmm. need sunlight. So this is liquid sunlight, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. You could go for a walk. What? You could go for a walk. What? Yeah, good. (laughs) Look, I know there is is technically sun in space. There are... You can't go outside in it, but the holodeck has vitamin D that, like, pumps into you. Just go for a walk on the holodeck. I like how you say vitamin, and I say vitamin. That's great. Vitamin. There's no E on the end of vitamin, so it is vitamin. If there was an E, then it would capitalize the I. No, see if there's an E on the end of your vitamin. (laughs) Not necessarily. (laughs) Are you so glad uh, glad for the show to come to an end so that we can stop arguing all the time? Two episodes left. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) No, I'm sad. Yeah, it's strange. Mm. We're almost at the end of our journey together. Oh, I've just broken you in and now I have to get a new one. You think you're breaking me in. See. Wow. Yeah, no, honestly, I'm I'm excited to not have to work with you anymore. I got some cats to to shepherd. Shepherd? Herd. Herd. Herd? Shepherd. 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 That's what they do. What's the shep part of shepherd? The shepherd is herding, he's not herding sheps, or she, or they. So what is a shep? It's great. I, I want you to think about this longer, because <laughs> I really <laughs> want to know where your where your mind takes you. You know what? Maybe the very first shepherd only had one sheep, and the singular of sheep is shep. So, Mr. Shep- shepherd, mm-hmm. maybe his first name was Shep, his last name was Herd, 
mm-hmm. and that's actually where the name herd comes from. So mm-hmm. the first person to domesticate a shep was a shepherd. Yeah, it was just a, a, someone who came across a single wild shep yeah. and then domesticated it. And then a, a shep, you need herding. A singular shep uh, mm-hmm. taught it all kinds of really interesting things. And then one day it met another person who had mm-hmm. found the other wild shep. Yeah. Which then made sheep because there was two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh, I have automated most of my house, but I don't think I can change Google Home um, to to computer. I think I always have to say... Uh-huh, the prompt. Yeah. The prompt. I really want to say computer, but I have set it up to call me Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, you have reminders today. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're just so happy. I love it I'm so much. I'm so happy. It's great. So I walked out of the living room and said, um, Google lights off, and then ran upstairs. I was like... You have to say the uh, okay part, right? Or the hey. Yeah, you can say, yeah, hey or okay, and mm-hmm. then Google. But if you just still say the like... word, no, that, they're still listening. We know that much is true. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's a little mute button. There's a little mute button underneath it that you can flick. But I, I feel like that's just a placebo. I feel like it's still <laughs> listening and that's just to make you feel better. No one ever reads proper terms and conditions. Just like if you lived on a spaceship, you wouldn't read the proper terms and conditions for saying yes to getting on the spaceship and going out onto oh, an adventure. Not. You'd be like, uh, warp- nope, I just want to be in space. Don't care how. Just in space, please. The warp drive might melt my fingernails. Fine, I'll take it. I don't it. care. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. care. I read some reviews of these Wi-Fi plug sockets, and one chap left a review saying, the Wi-Fi plug sockets can listen to you and know your details. I will not buy them. I was like, oh, sir. Oh, sir. <laughs> it's not just the plug sockets that are listening to you. Are you typing this on yes. a smartphone? Because then... Um, <laughs> unless you posted this to Amazon by Carrier Pigeon and paid somebody <laughs> to post this for you, you are being listened to. <laughs> it's it's not perfect yet, either. I, um, I set a reminder to... Um, what was it? It was to... That was it. It was um, set a reminder to get my booster. So the next day, I was like, Google, tell me my reminders. And it said, get your sister. <laughs> like, wait, like, wait, what? I have a sister? I have a sister? Like, I, if anybody knows, then Google does. <laughs> I think like, this is such a shitty way to tell me about it. I was like, no, just, this is, you're burying the lead here. I, why do I have a sister? Mom! <laughs> <laughs> Calling your mom. I've yeah, learned something today. What? I don't yeah. know why you didn't tell me before now, but we can talk about it later. <laughs> Oh, and congrats to Nick, who partially guessed the Stardate system, but there's one element that's missing. Nobody has guessed the dot. Well, it's because you've been doing it wrong the whole time, right? I haven't. That one time, I did it wrong once. Well, that doesn't make any sense then, because you did 0.7 like two times in a row, three times in a row? Yeah. Okay. And what you guessed is not correct, is what you deduced from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which was the time? Was it the time? No, you guessed the episode mm. <clears throat> that we were on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's how many uh, pain pills Ian has to take in order to handle <laughs> doing a show <laughs> no, with me. No, because I have to limit this to like eight digits. <laughs> I thought you said pidgets. <laughs> pidgets? <laughs> Instead of 
digits. <laughs> I was like, what's a pidget? Uh, a what pidget. A, what's yeah. a pidget? It's a singular of a pigeon. Uh-huh. No. Ships and pidgets. <laughs> Ships and pidgets everywhere. Just everywhere. Yeah. If we did have merch, it would be the strangest merch anyone would ever have with a book, like a show for Star Trek. Just ships and pidgets on the ships front with like little com badges <laughs> in their uniforms. <laughs> I want it so much. Why did you do the pod? Nah, ships and pidgets. <laughs> <laughs> so there are these things. I don't. They, it's kalashi or kalash kalashi i don't know how to say it but it's essentially Galoshes? like a sweet bread that's filled with potatoes and meat and stuff okay. like, a, like and cheese so it's like fully in a bun like it's inside of it uh-huh. and a local bakery makes them and justin's uh-huh. gonna bring one back for me i don't know how to say the word Oof. but i just I, I don't know either i just glanced at it and he's like okay um do you want a cloaca? <laughs> so I read it. <laughs> of course you read cloaca. Yes, of course I did. Cloaca has bridged the gap into Captain's pod. There is no escaping the cloaca. No, there isn't. I think it just needs to make an appearance on Recotopia and we've got a we've got a full house. Do you know what one of my favourite things in the whole world is at the minute? No, what? Um, the Captain's pod um, Discord. Okay, Why? Just because there are some swell people in there, and I get memes sent to me so much, so many Star Trek memes, I love them, keep them coming. It's just a really cool place to talk about Star Trek, and I love that four or five people in there haven't Clueless. seen a single episode, yeah. and are still jumping in, it's so good. I was like, what is a Borg? <laughs> I want four of them. <laughs> the people in particular that haven't seen a single episode and are still jumping in, this is dedicated to you. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Yeah, so that's on our Cinemasins uh, Discord, which mm-hmm. I think you can find just by searching for Cinemasins, right? Isn't it discord.gg slash Cinemasins or something like that? I will find out and then add audio here. Boop. That's discord.com forward slash invite forward slash Cinemasins. Sh- shall we do the show? Are we already? Are you? Oh, are you recording? I'm not recording. Oh, yeah, no, not yet. Good. This joke never gets old. 50% of the outtakes are, are you recording? No, I'm not recording. <laughs>